Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, this is Molly Bloom, author of Molly's Game. Hey, this is Elena Cardone from the G&E Show. Hey, this is Ed Milet from World Financial Group. And if you want to learn how to play the game of networking on another level, and if you want to build your empire, but I want you to learn how to max out the relationships in your life. You should be listening to the Build Your Own Network podcast. Build Your Network. Build Your Network podcast. With my good friend, Travis Chapel. Travis Chapel. Travis Chapel. Welcome back to the show. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know. If you agree, then keep on listening for tips on how to cultivate meaningful connections the right way. If you disagree, then tune in anyway to let me prove you wrong with my journey. My name is Travis Chapel, and this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Build Your Network Podcast. Today is another compilation episode. Uh, we're in the middle of a series about mentorship and masterminds, and there's been some tremendous value been given so far, and I can't wait to share today's episode with you all. But first, you hear my guests and I talk a lot about masterminds here on the show, obviously, especially with these, uh, these last few compilation episodes that have been going out. If this is a new term to you, or you've always kind of wondered exactly what a mastermind is, you're definitely going to want to take my free mastermind course. It is everything you need to know about masterminds in just six short lessons, and it's 100% free. So there's literally no reason to not at least see what it's about. Just head over to freemmcourse.com slash enroll to grab that course and start today. This is one of the most frequently asked questions that I get is, hey, Travis, what is a mastermind? You talk about masterminds all the time. I don't really know exactly what that is or what, like, where do I find one? Who leads them? All those different types of questions. If any of those have ever come up in your head, just head over to freemmcourse.com slash enroll to grab that course and start today. 
Yo, what's happening, everybody? Welcome back to another topic episode here on the Build Your Network podcast. Today is the start of a really robust series. I like that word, robust. Basically just means this is going to be a long series. Okay, so this is Who or What, part number one, featuring Molly Bloom, Elena Cardone, and Ed Milet. Who you know or what you know is the question that I have asked every single guest that has come on the Build Your Network podcast. And the only question that I've asked every single guest that's come on the Build Network podcast. So there is lots and lots and lots of content to get through here. And I'm excited to kick it off with these three amazing people. Molly is a great friend of mine now. She wrote the book Molly's Game, which was also turned into a movie written and directed by Aaron Sorkin, starring Jessica Chastain, Idris Elba, and Kevin Costner. And Molly just has an incredible story of running an underground poker ring with A-list celebrities, athletes, billionaires, all these crazy, crazy stories that Molly has. And uh, we talk a little bit about the who you know or the what you know thing. And uh, you're going to want to hear some of her answers. And then we talk with Elena Cardone, who is the queen of the Cardone empire. Um, and now building her own brand, her own personal brand. She's written her own book recently and just doing amazing, incredible things. And I love Elena. She's such an awesome, awesome person and friend to me. And then we have Ed Milet, who is the chairman of World Financial Group. Um, the guy's worth like half a billion dollars and it just has an incredible reputation in the business world. So we talk about who or what with all three of these people, you're not going to want to miss their answers and I can't wait to share them with you. But first, really, really quickly, before we get into that, you listen to this show for a reason. However you heard about it, whether it was a Google or iTunes search, a share on social media, a one-on-one convo with me, something about the title, Build Your Network resonated with you. It means that you're like me you realize that the single most important factor that contributes to your success is your network. Well, after years of learning, growing, testing, implementing, I'm finally putting together an all-encompassing online training called Explode Your Network. It is my complete framework that's guaranteed to exponentially grow your connections, level up your inner circle, and shorten your runway to success without annoying your contacts or printing a single business card. This is everything I know about networking and connection all in one place, and I'm currently looking for a test group of about 30 people to get in at half price before it launches in May. So if any piece of content that I've ever released has added value to you in the least, then please stop procrastinating, take control of your success, and head over to travischapel.com explode to start investing into what we both know to be the most important aspect of your career. And now, without any further ado, here is Who or What, part number one, with Molly Bloom, Elena Cardone, and Ed Milet. It seems like moving to where opportunity is was a big thing for you. Can you talk about how that might be something that's beneficial if you're maybe somebody that's considering moving to a bigger city or moving to where more business is done and maybe mm-hmm. just like kind of afraid of pulling the trigger? Yeah. Well, I guess you'd have to decide who and what you want to be in the world. And I mean, for me, I like exploration and adventure. And, you know, so like the two things that I need to know is, is that I don't have fidelity to geography. I have fidelity to opportunity. And number two, which is the biggest one is doing real substantial work on fear so that that's not what holds you back. I think it's important to take the time to kind of get to know yourself and to see the difference between fear and, you know, a true signal of like the danger. Yeah. And I think 99% of the time it's fear. And something that's helped me with that so much is meditation. Just a daily meditation practice has been mm. massive for that. Okay. 
This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Is that just like mindful meditation, like just being mindful in the moment or do you say something or think something or have music or? My meditation isn't fancy. You know, I I always tell people I started out 30 seconds a day. I know from sports that we need to create a habit, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's what makes us able to to move the needle on big giant endeavors. And so I knew that I needed to create a habit, but my plan was a crazy place. So I needed to start out with 30 seconds a day. Yeah. The next day I started out, I did a minute and just focusing on the in and out breath. And then it's taken different forms over the years. Headspace has been an insanely helpful app in the beginning that just helped me. You know, it's like, it's like meditation for dummies. And I was dummy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But again, you know, everyone's like, I don't know if I'm doing it right or whatever. Like if you can sit there and focus on your breath for 20 minutes in the morning, your life will change. That's my experience. And then you said your dad helped you a lot with overcoming fears because he was a psychologist and helped you with some of that stuff growing up. How well do you think Kevin Costner portrayed who your dad is in the movie? And how has your relationship been since the book and movie came out? Our relationship is amazing now. It took some time. It took some work. Mm-hmm. You know, Aaron took a little bit of creative license with the father figure, but my dad was really tough on me, really, really tough. And he wasn't tough in a way that seemed like he loved me. You know, it was like more like a coach, you know, yeah. like, and he was so, and he was different with me than he was with the boys. And what I found out in that sort of come to Jesus moment, which in the movie, it's in Central Park, but in real life, it was in Malibu, was he's like, look, I see what the world does to people. I'm a clinical psychologist. Mm-hmm. And he said, and I particularly think it's a hard world for women. And I wanted you to be formidable. It's like, and I went too far and I was too hard on you and I, and I didn't do it. My delivery system was not with, you know, like kindness or compassion, yeah. but my intentions were good. And hearing that I was like, okay, he didn't like my brothers better. He actually right. was focused more on trying to make me better, you know, but those are things that we don't always realize until we get down the road, you know? Right. 
Right. So do you think that that helped with that sense of self-assurance hearing that from your dad? I think it resolved a lifelong question and insecurity for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's so much stuff that I wish I could keep talking to you about, Molly. We're coming up. I mean, we're a little bit past 45 minutes right now. So we're coming up towards the end of the show. I have to ask this question because I ask every single guest that comes on the show this question. Do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important and why? I've always learned from other people. Listen, I think they're both, I got to give them equal weight, but I think building your network around people that you seek to learn from. Yeah. Is probably a really good way. Like, unless you're, you know, actually, even if you are in school, I treat each, like I've treated, you know, different people that I've met as a graduate class. Mm-hmm. And I've learned you can get so much, you can leverage their experience, their education and sort of jump a learning curve, you know? So I think people, I think your network is probably more important Yeah. with as long as you approach it from the intention of like, what can I learn from this person, from right. this experience, you know? Because I'm just a big, I'm a big believer in experiential learning. Yeah, that's the biggest differentiator for me. When I ask some people that question, I think they automatically think that I'm talking about who you know in terms of like making a deal and becoming business partners with somebody. But that's exactly the way that I've looked at it. And I liken it to like, if you're in line at amusement park or whatever, and you're going to go get in line for Space Mountain at Disneyland, right? And you go to the bathroom and your buddies go ahead and stand in line. And then a few minutes later, you come out and they're like, you know, 20 people ahead of the line. And then they're like, oh, hey, Molly, come on up here with us. And now Mm -hmm. you get to skip past those 20, 25 people that they've you know, been in line waiting for. That, totally. That's kind of like what networking is to me because you can, because you can do it the other way, right? Like you can bootstrap yeah. it for sure, but you're yeah. going to have to wait in line like those other people. Cause you're going to have yep. to take those steps just like everybody else did. Whereas if you have somebody that's 20 people ahead that have already taken those steps and waited mm. in that line that can call you up and be like, Hey, this is how it's done. Look at it this way. Now you're skipping rungs on the ladder. You're shortening totally. that runway so much. Absolutely. believe that what you know or who you know is more important and why? It's a little bit of both. It really kind of depends. I believe it's what you know, because if your mind is in the wrong place or you have that scarcity mindset or you don't know how to use discipline or take massive action or make another phone call, it doesn't matter who you're around because they won't want to be around you and they're not going to want to help you. You Mm. know what I'm saying? Like. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter who, like people, I mean, like no one's going to give you anything in life, like no matter what, they might help you depending on what you know and what value you have and bring to the table and have to offer. So I'm going to have to go with my initial analysis of this. It's what you know. Okay. That's why I'm always trying to train, work on my mind, work on everything about me to make to think differently, to think outside of the box, to make me gut up. And then when you're in front of the who, which is important, because when you finally get in front of the who, you better have something important to say. Hmm. You better know what you're all about. Right. You better not right. just be a piece of milk toast or you're not going to have an opportunity. Right. I mean, you know, luck is whatever they say about luck. It's about the preparation or whatever. Preparation, what meeting about. opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about how that worked for you, because I have to think that as an actress, you got to know the right people in order to get auditions or roles or opportunities. 
But then, like you said, if you're no good, then it doesn't matter. <laughs> so can you kind of talk about that? How did that help you? How did building relationships with other people help you in your acting career? Well, in the acting career, again, I was, I guess I was lucky early on because I was always able to get the best modeling agencies, like elite. When I went into acting, I was able to get the top agencies, the top managers. And then, you know, I didn't do enough of that. You know, looking back, I probably should have done more. Mm -hmm. That is a regret. Like I, I look at younger people today and I'm like, oh, but you know, they have yeah. to, they're on their own path and they have to figure things out. But relationships are very important because I would work on one set and then a few months later, I'd be on another set. And there was about three or four of the same crew and everyone talks and it's a small world. And, you know, the people want to work with each other who they have good relationships with, who they right. can trust. They want dependability. They don't want drama on set. They don't want an actor or a crew member who's going to start nattering about the director or this, that creates problems. Mm -hmm. And that goes around. Or if you're late or not professional, you know, the buzz gets out and right. people can hurt you because you can lose jobs over that. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I really learned about that sort of industry and, and getting along with people. And I never really had a problem with that because I've always kind of gotten along with people. But yeah. I remember there were people that were difficult or showed up later, acted like divas. And then eventually, if they're not a superstar and they don't have mega talent to offer, they're, they got forgotten. Right. They weren't right. given another opportunity, you know? Right. So tell us then about a time in your life, Elena, like a specific story that you can kind of pull out from your past where a connection that you had, a relationship with another individual led you to a big moment of success for you? Hmm. Let me think about that. I'm trying to think. I have this one where I was friends with this casting director. And he's really great. His name is John Papsidera. He cast major stuff. And I went on this audition for this film. And I don't know. I could just kind of feel like I did a really good job. I wasn't sure. And you're not supposed to call the casting people. It's like in Hollywood, don't call me, I'll call you kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. But I called them and said, hey, what happened and how do I get a role in this film? And he was like, you say you really want a role in this film? And I was like, yeah, I really do, blah, 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 blah. And he was like, well, you did really good. Let me talk to the producers and the director. And anyway, I ended up getting a role in the film which then got me to the Maxim Magazine thing, which is now kind of more of just a bragging, right? Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> you know, but it did get me some more, like it helped me kind of break into more of the movie aspect of things Yeah. by just having that relationship with the casting director. Just the one, yeah, that's a perfect example. That's exactly what I was looking for, Elena. Something where it was just like a relationship that you have with somebody, There's they're a friend of yours. You didn't have like this hidden agenda where it was like, you know, if I become friends with this person, they'll set me up with here, which will lead to this. And then I'll become Maxim Magazine's top 100. You know, like it wasn't like this whole long plan that you had in your head. It was just a relationship with the casting director. And then that's right. Um, well, the Maxim had seen the movie and the movie got some notoriety or whatever. And, and then that's how that happened. Yeah. So I just feel like in life, if you're my friend, I'm trying to help you. I have a, my best friend, Rebecca, in New Orleans, owns this store called Chatterbox. 
Well, every time I go to New Orleans, I shop. I do like most of my yearly shopping at Chatterbox to support her. Hmm. I have friends here that are in the gun world and they make incredible ARs or I don't know if you know what a PCC is, but they make guns and they're my friends. Like I buy my stuff from them. If I have a friend that, you know, wants help with her charity, I help with the charity. Like I'm not looking for anything in return, but I just feel like it's just good karma. It's good. You help your friends and your friends help you. Do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important and why? Wow. Oh my goodness. They're both critically important. But if I had to pick one, I would pick what I know. Hmm. And, and the reason I would pick what I know is that because I think in order to network with people, in order to build relationships with people, and by the way, I'm talking about in terms of value. Now, if you ask me what I could take with me, it'd be who I know. But you talk about value, it'd be what I know. And let me give you the reason why. What I know can introduce me to who I know. Hmm. So who I know doesn't help me with what I know necessarily. What I know is this. In order to build relationships with people and to network them, I believe in the law of reciprocity, big time. Mm-hmm. It's reciprocal. And so if I bring you value and you bring me value, we have a connection. Yeah. And so all of my great friends, there's a value there, whether they make me feel more confident or loved or cared about or secure or, or there's information, right? And so for me, I'm a huge believer in giving to people and that there's value. Like people say, would you please mentor me? Well, the mentors I've acquired in my life is because I also brought something to them of value. Right. Whether it be my coachability or my intensity or something that I knew in another area as well. Yeah. So that's a really difficult question. That's almost like picking between my two children. You know, it's <laughs> right, right. really difficult. But I think what I know, I've obviously acquired, I should amend that. I've acquired a lot of what I know through who I know. Yeah. But in my case, because oftentimes people know that I know some higher profile people, I don't want people to construe that somehow that that's critical in being successful is knowing somebody famous because it's not. It has nothing to do with being successful. It's what I know. So I'll pick what I know, but that's a toughie. So can you tell us a time, a specific time that you can think back to, Ed, just like a quick story about somebody that you met one time who introduced you to this person, to that person that led to this opportunity and created a good amount of success for you? Yeah, through failure. I'll give you a great story. I had gone broke in business. One of these other times I went broke. We were newly married and my home was foreclosed on. And then about... Six months later, we went out to work at the apartment building we were in, and my wife came back in and said, someone stole my car. And I went, oh, my God, we've, you know, I'm going broke. My home's foreclosed on. Now someone stole her car. And then it was worse than that because it wasn't stolen. It was repossessed. So her car was repossessed. Then, Then a few weeks later, the power was turned off. And then our water got turned off. And that was the final straw because with water, you can't even cook. And so every morning, my wife and I would get up at our apartment. We'd gather our things. I would go down the stairs to the pool area outdoors, and there was a shower there. And my bride, new bride, we would shower every morning there, freezing. And it was shameful, man. I was ashamed. And she had to go get a job because I couldn't make it. And when she got that job, the first day that she sat down, she sat with another lady there who had gotten the job the same day too, right next to each other at the reception desk. And that woman ended up introducing me to the best person I ever recruited into my company. Wow. And that guy has gone on to be a multimillionaire in my company and gone on to become very successful. And so that failure that happened, happened for me. If my water doesn't get turned off, the car doesn't get repossessed. If I don't lose my house, my wife doesn't get that job. She does not meet Valencia, who doesn't introduce me to Dan, and my life is completely in a different direction. So yes. Wow. Isn't crazy? 
That's yeah, that's such an incredible story because it's so hard for somebody listening to this right now that's maybe going through a lot of that stuff. It's so hard to look to the future and be like, hey, everything's going to be okay. When you were in that position, Ed, what were the thoughts that you had? Were you just like, man, I'm just maybe I should just go get a job or like, was it still that commitment that we talked about at the very beginning? No, I was scared. I'm not going to tell you that I wasn't scared. I'm not going to tell you that I wasn't down. I was. What I did do is I worked. I kept working. You imagine what a fraud you feel like when you get out of that shower at the pool in the morning and you put your suit on and now you got to go, hey world, come right. follow me and be right. successful. Right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of you feel that way too. I just felt like I kept telling myself, I'm serious, everybody. I kept assuring myself of one thing because I was scared. I was down. I remembered as an athlete though, I remember coaches always telling me when I was a kid, if you keep doing the things other people aren't willing to do, Eddie, you're going to get the hits other guys aren't going to get. And so that was in baseball. And so in business, I kept telling myself, I'm willing to do the things other people aren't willing to do. I'm eventually going to get the things other people aren't going to get. And I just fed myself that belief. I'm willing to do these things. Most people won't go through this. Most most people won't pay this price. Most people won't make this many phone calls. And I kept assuring myself and assuring myself that that would happen. And I'm just telling you, it was through sheer work, sheer belief that if I kept working, because I didn't always believe in myself, I didn't always have a vision I was going to make it, right? I didn't. But what I did is I kept working. I think sometimes we have to work even when we don't feel like it. And so little by little, little cracks would happen, little breaks would happen, little things would take place. And my self-confidence just started to flourish. Mm -hmm. And we really do, I'll I'll finish on this point on this. We really do get what we expect. Mm -hmm. The truth of the matter is I was getting what I expected. I was getting what I thought I was worth. I was being tested. I had to get my self-confidence built up, my identity built up where I would not tolerate where I was. Malcolm X has this great saying, that which you do not hate, you will eventually tolerate. And I had to get to this point where I just hated where it was. It wasn't all about roses and bubble gum and I believe it and I'm overcoming. No, I was scared. I was hurting, but I kept telling myself, I'm doing stuff other people won't do. I'm going to get things they won't get. And that's how I broke through, man. Just sheer work. Yeah, I love so, so much of that. And that mentality is the exact mentality that I think most people just give up too quickly on because they let all that self-doubt take over instead of figuring out more ways to keep depositing into their confidence. So quick- they never, Travis, they never stick yeah. around. They make effort deposits and effort deposits, and then they don't stick around for the withdrawal. And so even when you're not making money, even when you're not accumulating whatever you're trying to accumulate, clients or prospects or agents in your business, whatever it is, even when that's not happening, you are making deposits. You are making deposits. Be clear about that. Every call, every meeting, every day is a deposit. Okay, I promise you. The account may not be growing yet, but it's a deposit. And eventually those deposits are magnifiers once the account starts to grow. I promise you, right? You have to stick around long enough in order to get the withdrawal. The athletes I coach, I can't tell you, brother, how often, like I'm right now, I'm working with some bodybuilder guys. They train and diet and excruciating. And they go to the thing to get their pro card and they don't get it and they quit. And I'm like, listen, you're three more events away, six more months of contest. Why would you have done all this starvation, all this work, all the reps, all the excruciating pain to make no withdrawal? Are you crazy? You don't think all these weights you've lifted, all the dieting, that there wasn't some deposits being made there, even though you didn't get your pro card yet? Yeah. I think yeah. golfers, but business people are like, they don't see the account growing, so they're not cognizant of the deposits they're making. Thank God, brother, me and you both stayed for the withdrawal. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's the difference. Right. 
Right. Now that's uh, that consistency mixed with your confidence over a long time is going to produce enough results in order for you to make that withdrawal. So stick around. If you're listening and you're right at that tipping point, stick around and wait for the withdrawal. Well, that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you'd like to learn more about how we've been able to get some of the guests to come on the show, I've created a totally free resource called Meet Your Hero. So if you'd like to connect with people you respect and admire that are difficult to reach, you're going to want to go to travischapel.com hero to take action and start that training today. Have a wonderful rest of your day and remember to leave every relationship better than you found it.